1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. This is 105.9 The Region. I'm Tina Cortez with On The Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. My co-host and our real estate expert is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. All right, let's get started with the numbers for this month. How's it looking so far? It's looking pretty good. If you look at the first half of May in York Region, we have had almost 1,100 sales. Now, Comparatively, if we look back at 2020, remember May was a, a bit quieter than normal. Uh, we were just starting to come out of the initial lockdowns. We had a total of 757 homes sold, so we're already past that number. And you know, look for the numbers when they come out at the beginning of June to be reflective of you know, but a hundred and hundred and fifty percent increase. And uh, again, that's going to send some shockwaves through the uh, real estate industry, but it's expected. Are you seeing that increase across the board, right across York Region? Yeah, it's right across York Region. I mean, even if you look at average prices, Tina, right now in York Region, you still don't have a lot of inventory. Last year, people were holding off because of COVID, and we're in a similar boat right now with the stay-at-home order being extended until June, so it's not really a surprise. We have just over 2,800 listings active right now. Last year at this time, we had 2,600. So the inventory situation really hasn't changed. What's changed is the demand. The demand is at an all-time high. And, you know, to go uh, with 100, uh, sorry, 1,088 sales, uh, we have less than two months of inventory. So it really still is a very hot seller's market. And when you look at average price points, this year, if you look at the Lowest in York Region right now is 833000 in Georgina, and that goes up to $1.6 million in King. Most of the other areas in York Region are hovering around the $1.2, $1.3 million mark. Comparatively, last year, we had Georgina at 600000 at this point of the year, and King was at about one point three. So you can see there's been an increase right through the region. And what type of property is most in demand right now? It's the detached home on a larger lot or just more land. People are looking for more space in their home, more land. If you think about everything that's happened over the course of the year, people just need some space. And, uh, you know, if they're staying at home, the only place they can have that space is at home. So that's been the transition since uh Early parts of 2020, people are looking for more space. They're looking for more land. They've got home offices to to look for at home. They've got schooling that's being done at home. So people just need more space, and York Region has that. And so I think you may have answered this question already, but is that move away from, you know, the downtown core and other parts of the city and that lack of interest in condos in favor of a backyard or garage, is that continuing? It's continuing, and we're also seeing the downtown markets. The condo market has really bounced back over the last uh, probably about six weeks or so, and that's because of the affordability factor. If you look at prices in York Region right now, they're hovering at the 1.2, 1.3 mark for a detached home. 
And if you look at the condo prices, they're around the $600,000 price point. So if people want to take advantage of the low interest rates, get into the housing market, the condo seems to be a pretty good first move. And, and that's what we're seeing now as well. People are starting to get back into the condo trend and downtown's going to bounce back. Downtown will probably bounce back in the next couple of months. And uh, it, the movement has started already, but we're going to see a lot more. Now, what about in terms of the rental market? What are you seeing there? They've been pretty steady. So York Region condo rentals or home rentals didn't really get affected too much. The prices for rentals have gone up, and there's bidding wars on rentals right now. It's really tough to get a rental property in York Region. You're quite often going to be up against 12, 14, 20 offers on a rental. Wow, that's unbelievable. Okay, so what are you hearing from your clients, both buyers and sellers, right now in this market? There's a lot of positivity out there. Sellers are, you know, you have to kind of set the expectations with sellers because what one of their neighbors received for their house a couple of months ago may not be the case right now. Buyers were tired. They were sitting on the sidelines just because there was a lot of buyer fatigue out there from the multiple offers, from losing out and bidding war after bidding war. So they just sat back, and and the sellers have to realize that buyers are not just going to pay crazy amounts. Uh, there's, There's appraisals that have to be considered, and the appraisals are coming in at market value or just a little bit higher. If there's been a history of higher sales on that street or in that subdivision, the appraisers will look at it and give that home the benefit of the doubt. But if not, the appraisers are coming in at market value, so people have to have the extra cash in their pocket, in their bank account, to be able to put that down and make the home close. And what are you seeing, what do you expect going into June and July? Any kind of slowdown or perhaps an increase in inventory? It won't necessarily be a slowdown, Tina, but what it's going to appear to be is exactly that, a slowdown, because last June and July were on fire in the real estate market. And To go up against those months now, we're going to have more of a traditional summer. So June, July, August, we'll we'll see traditional sales levels. And compared to last year, those are going to pale. So people are going to think that the market is cooling down or softening or the bubble is bursting. But again, just like what we're doing for April and May as we're comparing it to last year where the sales weren't there, we're going to be comparing June, July, August to last year where there were a lot of sales because of the pent-up demand. So again, not a fair comparison if you're looking at doing year over year, but when you look at traditional numbers, I mean, year-to-date, we're still crazy high. We've sold almost 10,000 homes in York Region alone this year, and we're only in May. Last year at this time, we had 4,963. So we've doubled the sales. That's all going to average out. And by the end of the year, by December, we're going to see that this will be one of the best years in real estate history, but it'll be in the top three months. It's not going to set a crazy record or anything like that. And what about those listeners who might be just waiting for that price of a home to go down? What do you want to say to them? It's not going to happen. I mean, we've been, there's been talk about the bubble bursting or the price dropping for the last 15 years and the Toronto housing market is very resilient. It's very strong and it's still undervalued as much as people don't want to hear that. It really is undervalued when you look at other 
metropolises. And this is what's driving the investment into the Toronto market. This is what's making people want to get into home ownership. And all we can hope for is supply to come on because once supply comes on, you're going to have less demand for one particular house. That's going to be spread out over maybe six, seven, ten houses. And that's going to help us with the multiple offer phenomenon, the bidding wars. You're not going to get the 20 people on one house. You might get three or four. And that's going to help with the price points. After the break, Frankie Flowers joins the show with easy and affordable home gardening tips. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. On the Market is back. I'm Tina Cortez, and this is York Region's only radio real estate show. Over to my co-host, Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties, with our very special guest today, Asif. Thank you, Tina. Joining us is probably Canada's favorite gardening expert, Frankie Flowers, a.k.a. Frank Fergini. Frank, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be here today, Asif. Uh, it's a blooming good day every day. <laughs> it really is. And, and speaking of blooming good, we're getting into that time in the market, in the housing market, where people want to get their homes ready for sale. And we keep telling them curb appeal, curb appeal, curb appeal. Share some of your insights on what they can do to help curb appeal. Well, it can be quite simple or you can go as far as you want. So first off, when it comes to a home, if you are listing your home for sale, I would say, uh, you know, focus on your grass. Uh, Make sure your lawn is cut. Make sure the beds are really tidy as well. So weed-free beds, edging a bed is one of the best things you can do. A nice tight edge with just a spade, a little bit of sweat equity that goes in. Mulching those beds with fresh mulch. You can do either a black-colored mulch or a red-colored mulch. And then adding some large containers to the entranceway will just kind of take the eye away. Uh, that color will really draw. And then right now people want outdoor spaces. Uh, never before has people valued the outdoors as much as the indoors. And so every investment you put outside will return you with a higher sale. So, Frankie, anyone who visited a garden center recently, you know, it seems busier than ever before. Why do you think that's happening and why now? Well, it's there's nothing else to do, number <laughs> one. <laughs> people are at home and they have more time on their hands. And then it's kind of cyclical in the way that if we look back to World War II, there was victory gardens that happened in World War II. So it always seems during times when we have global strife or even global challenge that people turn to the garden where they can go there and find some peace, solitude, and also just kind of get in touch with nature again. One of the biggest trends right now in landscape for landscape uh, designs and also for installations is the outdoor office. So creating an outdoor space that can be shaded, that has Wi-Fi enabled, uh, and also with an electrical space as well to plug in the computer, that's what people want. They want a space outdoors to not only work, but to play too. Wow, that sounds pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) I want one of those. Um, Speaking of outdoor spaces, with people being limited to where they can go and not traveling, what are you thinking about entertainment spaces outdoors? Are they uh, in? Are they not? Oh, yeah. Like, basically, right now, when it comes to the outdoors, you should look at your backyard as really 
your home? And is there a space to do an outdoor kitchen? Is there a space to do a dining area? Is there a space to even do a sport court? Depends where your budget is. But never before have we seen more million-dollar landscape installations in the province of Ontario. Um, so there's high-end and then there's medium-end and low-end. If you were trying to get even just a simple hot tub right now, you're, you're waiting several months, up to almost a year to get a hot tub. Pool installations right now are almost two years out. Wow, that seems like quite a wait for sure. Now, what about some simple advice, you know, for those of us with not much of a green thumb, but want to try to add some color and perhaps even a few veggies this, this summer? How do we get started? How you get started is first off, you know, it's always about the right plant for the right place. So just do a little bit of time and research to know whether you have sun or shade. That's going to determine what kind of plant that you get. A reminder that containers, they make dull spaces interesting places. So using pots is fantastic, but don't do small containers. Do larger containers because they don't dry out as fast. They'll make it easier for you. If you want to grow vegetables for the first time, you can do tomatoes, peppers, eggplants, all in pots. Super simple. All your herbs as well. And then I've actually been growing over the last several years in what's called a stock trough. So I've been going to farm supply stores and buying what normally cattle or horses or things would drink water out of. They've got drainage holes, large capacity, hold a lot of soil, and they're fantastic as a raised bed to grow vegetables in. Hey, Frank, this is a funny story, but last week I went to see a potential listing, and the lady said to me, don't worry, I'm going to have yellow flowers from the edge of the driveway up to the front door. And I asked, why yellow flowers? And she said, I heard that yellow flowers sell homes. Is there any truth to that? (laughs) I don't know that, but I know that there's a full campaign right now. It's called the Campaign of Hope. And that Campaign of Hope is from Communities in Bloom, and it shows in color as yellow. And there's also a new variety that's one of the number one selling plants right now. It's called Bee's Knees, the type of petunia. And one of the colors this year for the Pantone Colors of the Year is yellow. So maybe she's maybe she's totally on trend, <laughs> maybe totally. But white is a really nice color if you're thinking about entertainment at the evening. So if you're doing evening showings, white is a great plant or color to reflect light. And that's the other part too. Landscape lighting is really important because you know a well-lit garden at night not only gives a really great atmosphere for entertaining, but also from a security standpoint. And we always got to remind ourselves the way that we design our gardens. We, we want to make sure we're doing planting so that there's not hiding spaces for bad people out there. And, and Frankie, when you mention landscaping, that also seems to trigger, you know, it's going to be really expensive. How do I make this work on a budget? Well, you can. It, you know, really, any budget that you have, you can then decide what's important to you. So you can even take a look at some of the million-dollar landscapes and take some of those elements out. So let's say a water feature. And we want the sound of water because our neighbors beside us is a little bit loud. So even when you're showing the home, let's say that maybe there's a little bit of noise in the surrounding, in the surrounding area. You can buy a water feature from Lowe's, any of the mass merchants, even Home Depot, even Wayfair. That water feature in the backyard, when it's running, all you're going to hear is water, especially when they walk outside, creating a calm, and that's soundscaping. So we can take those elements and we can figure out what you want. You can do a fire bowl that's going to cost several thousands of dollars, or you can just get one that's around $300 for that you know, thought about sitting around a fire at night. People want to visualize how the space is being utilized. In your own home, you're staging a home for sale. The outdoors should be staged in the same way so people can visualize, visualize me, how they're going to walk and live in that space. Now, if someone has a backyard without any trees or flowers or anything like that, 
What do you recommend? Do you recommend little shrubs? I mean, do you, do you recommend them uh, having a vegetable garden? What would be something that one of your clients or customers walks in and, and wants to do first when they have an unspoiled backyard? So if you're selling your home right now, vegetable gardens are huge on trend. So, you know, doing a couple raised beds of vegetables and having that planted back there, that creates a great atmosphere of people that hold, um, you know, food to fork kind of a way. That's really quite popular. Uh, best return on investment on anything in the landscape is a tree because you buy a tree, and even if the tree costs you $100, it grows over time, and every year that's going to be more and more. But it has to be a well-placed tree. Sometimes trees placed in the wrong location can cause structural damage later on. Uh, but also a well-placed tree can shade your home and cut down on air conditioning costs uh, in, from the summer months, a deciduous tree. So what is, it is, is is really figuring out who is your buyer. That's it. It's, at the end of the day, who is your buyer and what do they want? And if your buyer is a millennial, that uh, you put a few indoor plants in your home so you show that you actually have good indoor light, and then you put a nice little vegetable garden in the back, and uh, if you want, maybe even a chicken coop, and they'll be pretty excited about that. <laughs> So, Frank, you mentioned the raised bed, and I've heard a great deal about the box garden as well. It seems to be really popular right now. What exactly is it? So a raised bed is really, you can build one out of wood, but wood is quite expensive right now. You can even use some larger containers can be your raised bed. You can build it in stone. So essentially, we're building on top of the ground. The raised beds are really popular because the soil warms faster, but as well, they don't get as much weeds, and they're a lot easier. You don't have to bend down as far. You can also get something called the veg trug. So trugs are really popular. You can see those online. They're large wooden prefabs that you just have to easily assemble. But these are all great ways that people can grow food where you don't really have a lot of space. Let's say that in the backyard you uh, have mostly patio. Well, you can plop these right on top of your patio, and you can grow tomatoes and basil, cucumbers, lettuce, endive, escarole, all those different things for people to enjoy. And in my backyard, Frank, I've got rabbits and squirrels. And how do I, how do I make sure if I'm getting my house ready for sale and planting flowers that these little guys aren't going to come and eat them before my next showing? So the, if you're growing edibles, so all the, the vegetable gardens, if you do raise beds, they'll be too high for the rabbits. That's why I grow in troughs, because I have a lot of rabbits around my area. Uh, the chipmunks, you can put a little bit of pelletized hem manure. They usually stay away from different garden beds. They usually stay away. But if you have ornamentals that you're not eating, meaning flowering shrubs and things, there are different repellents that you can spray on them. So something that's like animal be gone uh, will repel them away. Uh, a plastic owl. If you if you walk in a backyard and you see a plastic owl even when you're doing your showings, you're like, why the heck is there a plastic owl in this backyard? That's usually to scare away things like squirrels and bunnies because owls eat them. And how can we use shrubs to provide privacy, especially in an area that perhaps isn't fenced in? So I would really, uh, really consider what you want to do because a lot of the times a hedge is a great idea. So a hedge is great to soften that area. But a hedge comes with work, meaning the installation of watering and then pruning and all the rest. So, number one, ask yourself what you want. Do you want it to be evergreen? Do you want it to be a flowering hedge for privacy? There are some dwarf Miss Kim lilacs that are fantastic for that, that will bloom and give you a fragrant flower. There's even some later summer flowering PG hydrangeas, fantastic. They can make a, a beautiful hedge. The only downfall with that is it doesn't have a leaf really on it until June. So you have... A few months where, so it's really you ask, what do I need? And then white's going to determine 
what you're going to select. So if you go into a garden center and you say, I want a hedge that grows six feet tall, I want it to be evergreen, I have full sun, they're going to show you the options. Now, in a normal year, Frankie, we would be able to go to the home show and see the trends for that year. We can't do that this year, so we're relying on you to tell us what are the trends for summer 2021. So trends in the world of gardening, indoor plants and tropical plants are unbelievable, both indoors and out. So people putting birds of paradise around their pools, palms around their pools, even their front entrance, huge. Uh, Herbs and vegetables, unbelievable. Uh, People are really excited about that. Water features, but pondless water features. So that's basically creating a waterfall without having a pond. The benefit of that is there's no liability where somebody's going to fall in. You get the sound of water, and then because it's moving water, you won't get mosquitoes. And then the outdoor atmosphere at night, everything from a fireball to landscape lighting, as I said, that's all on trend. And then the number one trend, I have many friends that have landscape companies, and we're, we're all talking about this, the number one trend with new landscape designs is the outdoor office. And sometimes that outdoor office is a full structure because people just want to get away from their families. So are they actually building sheds or or buildings in their backyards? What are these outdoor offices in reality? In reality, it can be anything from a gazebo. So it can be a gazebo that actually has the power that's out there. But also there's, there's, now there's full companies in the city of Toronto that will build the outdoor office, which is a contained almost like a, uh, a, a small little um, out, outdoor office home, so to speak, with air conditioning and uh, having a fridge and all the amenities of your indoor office outdoors, but its own structure. Uh, you have to look at municipal bylaws, of course, for that. And uh, But it's a big request. It's just like the pool house used to be a big request. Well, if you don't have a pool or you don't have the space for a pool, now you can build the outdoor office. Love it. That's great information. And Frankie, if people want to get a hold of you or find out about these ideas, uh, let us know what your website is so we can let them know and they can visit. Yeah, just check out frankieflowers.com. So it's, and then my email, I'll even give you my email. It's frankie at frankieflowers.com. Uh, and I'm always here to guide people. And then every Sunday morning, 9 a.m., I'm on Facebook Live answering gardening questions too. That's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today, and we look forward to having you on again. Okay, guys, have a blooming great day. Thanks, Frankie. When we come back, your questions and the hot listing. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. Time now for our listener questions, and the first one comes from Mary in Maple. She's planning to list her home for sale in the coming weeks and wants to know if using her unfinished basement as a storage area is acceptable. She does not have a garage, can't afford a storage unit, and has tried to remove the clutter, but the basement seems like the only option. Asif, what do you think? That is totally fine. I mean, you're going to have, you know, areas in the basement that are unfinished anyway that you would store things in. So as long as it's not messy or cluttered, if you have everything moved to the side so that people can still come down, see how much space they have, walk around, then that's totally fine. But uh, just don't throw everything down there. We've seen seen some 
terrible basements where you walk in and it's almost like things were just thrown all around. You want to be able to visualize that space when you're down there, kind of think of what you want to do. Do you want an entertainment area? Do you want to put an apartment in there? So as long as people can walk down and visualize the space, then you're good to store things there. And is an unfinished basement a draw to selling a home? Right now, it could be because if you walked in and you needed an office down there, Tina, or if you needed a bedroom for your parents, and it was set up in something that uh, was totally against what you were hoping for, you would have to get that basement and then restart it. So sometimes having a, a fresh space to work with is actually a benefit. Our next question comes from Thomas in Markham. He owns an investment property and has never had trouble finding tenants until now. What advice do you have to attract a good tenant? Is an agent his only option? Asif. No, there's definitely lots of options. Using an agent actually helps you with the security of the process and making sure that uh, you're getting the right person because there's a lot of checks and balances involved in, in selecting that tenant. However, there are a lot of means available to you People are shying away, uh, especially renters, are shying away from some of the traditional ways that they would have searched on public internet sites, uh, you know, sales sites on the internet, because there's been a lot of scams. So most of them are looking to go to realtors to try and find them the space to make sure that they're not going to lose their deposit and it's a legitimate place. So, yeah, there is more traction when using a realtor, but you can always use different methods. And... What you want to do, like right now it's a very hot market in New York region for rentals. So as long as you're priced right, as long as the place shows well, you're near transit, you'd be able to rent that out pretty easily. Asif, if our listeners have more questions and prefer to contact you directly, how can they do that? Okay, they can reach me at 416-985-CON. That's 416-985-5426. Time now for the On the Market Hot Listing. Asif, where are we off to today? We are off to Bracebridge, and Tina, the reason we're going out to Bracebridge is we just talked about the prices in York Region and how difficult it would be for a first-time home buyer to get into a home for under $800,000. In Bracebridge, there's a home listed right now for $319,000. It's a three-bedroom semi, beautiful lot. It's in a great little neighborhood, and what a deal for someone that wants to get into home ownership and doesn't mind the drive for about an hour, hour and a half up north. It's just a great, great deal for a first-time buyer. Okay, so tell that first-time buyer where exactly is Bracebridge? Bracebridge is uh, just south of Huntsville. So you're going to be driving up the 400. Uh, you pass through Barry and Aurelia, and before you know it, you're in Bracebridge. <laughs> and, uh, it, you know, like this home itself it's been very tastefully upgraded. It's a semi-detached home, has a carport, and, you know, for a three-bedroom property on a 43-by-120-foot lot, this is quite the deal. And is this a good idea as an investment opportunity, perhaps, for someone? It sure would be. I mean, if you think about what you can get as an investment in, in Ontario, let alone York Region, for $310,000, that's $320,000 in that price range. This is phenomenal. And I'm certain that this place is going to get a lot of attention, not only from people up in Bracebridge, Huntsville, but also from Toronto people that are looking for an investment property. 
All right. One more time, the highlights of this property and where our listeners can get more information. Three bedroom, one bath on a 43 by 120 foot lot. It's in Bracebridge. They can call Cindy Bailey and Cindy can be reached at 905-554-5522. That's our show for this week. If you missed any part of On the Market, go to 1059theregion.com for the podcast edition. Thanks for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.